So, good morning, everybody. Hope you rested well and relatively awake. I feel like you've arrived a little more than you had last night. <clears throat> Are you awake? <laughs> some you awake, some nods. <laughs> so, before we meditate this morning, I'd like to say a few words about the mindfulness practice to give a little more background and context for what we're doing. So this is a quote from the Buddha. Just as in the month of the rains in autumn, when the sky is clear and cloudless, the sun on ascending the sky overpowers the space immersed in darkness, shines and blazes and dazzles, In the same way, all skillful qualities are rooted in mindfulness, converge in mindfulness, and mindfulness is reckoned to be the foremost among them. So as I mentioned yesterday, the central practice we'll be developing in these next couple of days is this practice and quality of mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? In the original uh, text, which were written down in language of Pali, the word is sati, which literally means remembering, to remember, self-recollection. And in mindfulness is a quality of bare attention. It's, a certain, it's an immediate knowing of what's happening without the filter of our usual stories or ideas or projections or biases or preferences or concepts. So it's a very simple quality of simply knowing what's happening as it's happening. So as you hear a sound, there's a quality of attention, quality of knowing, recognition, sound. And this quality of attention isn't abstract, it isn't removed, but it's very connected, it's very immediate, very uh, present to whatever's happening. So sometimes there's an impression that this quality of meditation is somewhat aloof or detached. We're actually very engaged with our experience, engaged with whatever it is we're paying attention to, whether it's the breath or sound or feeling. And this quality of mindfulness is distinct than our usual quality of attention in that it has a flavor of non-judgment. So we're not having any particular bias or preference. And we're not trying to interfere or fiddle or change or improve our experience. We're simply settling back in awareness, noticing, sensing, feeling, allowing. And as I said yesterday, this is very simple, but not so easy, because we're so used to getting in to our experience, trying to change it, trying to make it better, trying to make difficult stuff go away. So one question you might be having is, why would we do this? Why would we come on a weekend, spend all weekend trying to pay attention if we already have this quality anyway? Maybe you can remember driving here, or maybe you don't remember driving here, but you did drive here. (laughs) How much of that drive were you actually attentive to? You know, most of our lives we go on autopilot. We go through the day in our routines, we shower, we brush our teeth, we make our breakfast, we drive, we walk to work. And most of the time we're not that present, we're checked out. We're thinking about shopping list, the meeting to come, that conversation we had with somebody back home, some stress that's in our lives. So we often move through the day not that present. Do you remember walking from your room to here? Which way did you come? There's a story that I heard on the radio where a man and his wife were on a road trip and uh, they pulled up into a gas station. She went in to get some 
groceries and he filled up the tank and then drove off and then several miles down the road he realized something was missing and it was his wife. You know, we do things like that all the time. It's not very good for marital relationships. So one of the things we'll notice here is how much we're lost in our heads, how much we think. Anybody think here a lot? Anybody knows a lot of thoughts? Yeah. Buddha Dasa, one of the great meditation teachers from Thailand, when asked to summarize the Western students that were coming to him, he said three words, lost in thought. Lost in thought. So not to make an enemy of thought, not there's anything wrong with thinking, it's an amazing creative process of the mind, but we have become lost in it. We've become, it's taken over much of our lives, uh, much to our detriment. We've lost the capacity how to let go of that busy thinking mind to come into stillness, into clarity, into the direct experience of just being, sitting, breathing, listening, eating, And so you'll see the particular thought patterns and machinations when you hear the retreat I taught recently at Spirit Rock. We have this very interesting room where there's a lot of uh, beams and cross beams in the ceiling. And actually the last long retreat I taught there, the architect spent his whole time studying the beams and the weight-bearing structures and which beams were doing what. And you know, another architect was redesigning the, the, the paint color in the room. So, you know, we, depending on what our bias is, we'll, we'll, our mind will focus and fixate on something. Maybe you focus on breakfast, or the floor tiles, or the who knows what you'll focus on, but something. So we get to know that, again, not to judge it, but to see, oh, where do I go when I'm not present? Is that satisfying or unsatisfying? Does it create peace and well-being or stress? We also get to see the patterns of mind and heart that don't want to be here when things are difficult. So like life, this retreat will have its ups and downs, its joys and sorrows. And you get to see how you are with that. What happens when things get a little difficult or boring or restless or uh, challenging in some ways? Do you run out to get a cup of tea or watch the sun come over the trees or you check out, you get lost in fantasy. So in the beginning of a retreat, mostly what we're doing is gathering and collecting the mind. Our minds are generally very scattered, busy, restless. And so we're inviting the mind to come to a single point. So we're developing a quality of samatha, which is a unified mind. We collect the forces of the mind. And we'll use the breath as the primary focus this morning. Breath is always available, accessible, it's relatively neutral, it's a good indication for what's happening with us internally. So we'll use the simple attention to breath as a way of gathering the attention. Every time the mind wanders and strays, we come back, we come back, we come back. Very simple, six-year-old could do it. And as I said yesterday, we'll be calling on the quality of patience because no doubt our mind will wander many, many times. We'll also be calling on this quality I mentioned yesterday, a beginner's mind. We've all felt our breath. Maybe you felt your breath a million times. And the mind might be thinking, well, what's the big deal? I've felt my breath before. Who cares about the breath? This idea of beginner's mind is a quality that allows us to be fresh with each experience. No matter how many times we've experienced it, we can bring a quality of curiosity. Because each breath is actually different than the last. Each breath is unique. Each moment is unique. This moment right now that just left will never be repeated. And if we get that, we go, oh, I should show up, I should pay attention. This life is passing by very quickly. The writer Henry Miller wrote this about 
painting, and I think it's a really nice analogy for meditation, he said, when he first took up painting, he said, I remember, remember well the transformation which took place in me when I first began to view the world with the eyes of a painter. The most familiar, the most familiar things and objects which I'd gazed at all my life now became an unending source of wonder, and with wonder, of course, affection. A teapot, an old hammer, a chip cup, whatever came to hand, I looked upon it as if I'd never seen it before. To paint again is to love again, to live again, and to see again. Another way of putting this is by a poet, Korad, who says, I cast my brush aside, from here on I'll speak face to face with the moon. So before we do before we do a full guided meditation, I want us to do a little exercise, which I like to do at the beginning of retreats. Um, we'll do it for about a minute. And the only meditation instruction is to not pay attention. Don't notice anything. Don't be aware. See what happens. Okay. Keep your eyes open or closed either way. Doesn't matter since you're not paying attention. Don't try too hard. So what did you notice? Anybody like to shout out in a word or two? You can be like you usually are, which means, which means what? Not paying attention. So she can be like she normally is, which is not paying attention. Okay. What else do you notice? Bouncy. Bouncy. Mm-hmm. You think it's impossible not to pay attention yeah. to something? Anybody else? Something. Anybody else have that experience? Impossible not to pay attention to something? As soon as you say not to pay attention, it's hard to yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's impossible not to pay attention. The awareness, the nature of the mind is awareness. And awareness is always aware of something. Whether we like it or not, whether we want to or not, we're always aware of something. So the important question is, what are we aware of? If we're aware in every moment, in some form or other, what are we aware of? So the reason I do this exercise is because this is the good news of practice, that awareness is already the fabric of our being. Right. So when, when you hear a sound... You don't have to go, okay, now I'm going to be aware, like, make a lot of effort, pay, pay attention to, to that thing, that bell. No, it just happens. Yeah? You, you, little bug crawls on your skin, you feel it. You breath, you take a big in-breath, and you feel it. Sadness, joy blows through your heart, you feel it. So to rest in this quality of wakefulness, and then to see when 
our attention gets pulled. And mostly what, what clouds this clarity is when we get pulled into the tunnel of thinking. And we seem to lose that more uh, global awareness. So, so I stress this, this quality so we don't get too uptight into struggling and efforting. We need to make a balanced effort to pay attention, to come back, to come back. But once we're here, we can allow awareness to know what it's knowing without struggling too much. Sometimes when we relax like that, we actually have our more clear moments in meditation. The last thing I want to say before we sit is to um, is, is is to remember that that in, that's a really important to infuse the quality of mindfulness or attention with a quality of friendliness or kindness, or what's called metta in this tradition. That we just like plants and anything else in this world, we don't grow and open unless there's positive conditions, in this case, warmth or friendliness or kindness. The harder we are with ourselves, the more judgmental and pushing, punishing. Those are not conditions where we grow and open. And so there will be many times where we space out, where we forget what we're doing, where we get lost, where we get confused. And it's important to Meet all of that with as much kindness as you can. Because this practice isn't easy. It's simple. It's not easy. Being human is not even simple. It's not easy either. <laughs> and so we want to learn how to, how to be with ourselves with a spirit of loving kindness. Which means to notice the attitude in which you bring to your experience. There's two primary things happening in this practice. There's what's happening and our attention to what's happening, and then the attitude with, with, with which we bring to that experience. So the breath comes and goes, and we're curious. Or we feel some knee pain, and we feel reactive. Or the sun comes out, and we feel joyous, and we want it to stay around. So there's what's happening, and then there's our relationship, <coughs> our reaction to it. And I'll say more about that as the day goes on. Okay, so find a comfortable posture. So I'll say a few words about posture. So if you're sitting on the floor, um, ideally you want to have a stable foundation. So you might be kneeling like I am on a bench, or you might have be kneeling with the cushion in between you and legs either side. Um, it's a pretty, pretty straightforward posture. If you're sitting cross-legged, um, ideally you want to have your knees touching the ground or touching something supportive like a cushion. If the knees are up in the air, it will lead to a less stable foundation and put more pressure ultimately on your hips or your IT band, your knees, your back. So um, some of you may need to sit higher. You may need to get another cushion or have a rolled up blanket. That sometimes makes it easier for the knees to rest on the floor. As I say, use a cushion or blanket to support the knees so you feel kind of solid. You want to be sitting with a posture that where the spine can be relatively upright. So whether you're sitting on a chair or the ground, you want to make sure the spine is upright so the chest is open, the breath can flow freely, energy can move up and down the spine. And one of the things that I've that I do that I find helpful, whether I'm sitting on a chair or a cushion, is to um, just tilt my pelvis so that the pelvis can tilt forward, can tilt back. And tilting forward allows a natural curve in the lower back. And the way I do that is I lift my backside off the whatever I'm sitting on and then sort of push my backside behind me. So as I roll back onto my sit bones, I'm sitting more on the front of my sit bones. So you might want to play with that a little. You lift your backside up, 
push it behind to the back wall behind you. Sit back down. You might find this little more curve in the lower back, which allows the spine to be upright without making too much muscular effort. And have the hands either resting on the legs or in the lap. If they're on the legs, you might want to just pull the hands up about an inch just to take a little pressure off the shoulders. You may notice some people will get tight shoulders here because we spend all day sitting like this over the computer. We wonder why when we actually open up, we start to feel some stiffness and tightness. It's actually we're just releasing a lot of the tension that we've been holding for the last 17 years. If the hands are in the lap, um, I like to have them supported like on a blanket or a sweater or something just so the, again, so you're not pulling the shoulders down. And if you're sitting on a chair, have both feet on the floor. Uh, try not to use the back of the chair to sit upright. You wanna, the, the effort it takes to sit upright is about the right amount of effort that keeps to, to keep us awake. So, um, and one of the things that many of you will be working with is sleepiness. So you wanna sit upright as a way to support some energy in the body. And then make sure the head's on top of the shoulders in balance. You can move the head back and forwards, right and left. Have the chin slightly chucked in, about a quarter inch. So, and then once you find your posture, the beginning of the sit, then just allow the body to relax. You don't need to hold it tightly. You want to sit with ease and then you scan through the body to see if there's any way you're holding tension unnecessarily. Relax the belly, soften the jaw, relax the eyes, relax the facial muscles, soften the hands, Taking some moments to feel the body, feel the body posture. Sense the lower half of the body in contact with the ground. So feel that sense of earth, earthiness. Again, as I mentioned yesterday, taking a quick weather gauge of your internal life, just in this moment, what is it like to be sitting here? What's the overall experience? Calm, restless, sleepy, excited, bored, curious, over-caffeinated. And then mindfulness is simply a meeting that experience, being curious, oh, the body is like this, the body is tired, the body is restless, the body is calm. No need to do anything about it, simply to notice it, to feel it. And then in the same way, begin to notice the breath. The breath has all this while been happily breathing itself without any control or direction necessary from the mind. So notice, what's the breath like in this meditation? Different than the last, different than yesterday? Perhaps you feel it in a different location you feel it more in the upper chest or in the diaphragm or a tickle in the back of the throat. Maybe you notice the back body breathing. Feel the breath in the back behind the heart. 
the kidney area. So being curious, where is the breath most evidently felt in this moment? What's the quality of the breath like? Is it smooth or rough, tense, relaxed, deep, shallow? Long, short. So making contact with the direct experience of the breath. Mindfulness is a direct experience as opposed to thinking about or imagining the breath. What are the felt sensations as the breath enters the body? What are the sensations when the breath leaves the body? So noticing where you feel the breath most distinctly and letting the attention settle there for the duration of each in-breath, each out-breath. If you notice you're already feeling dull, foggy, sleepy, spacey, Sit upright, open the eyes just a little, have the eyes down, take a few deeper breaths to reinvigorate the body. And to be mindful of sleepiness. Sleepiness is like this.
natural that the mind, the thinking mind, will continue to operate. It's just what it does. Our practice is to notice when we're thinking. Notice when we've lost connection to the present moment, gone down some thought tunnel. When that happens, when you notice your thinking, you've already returned to mindfulness. So without judgment, letting go of the thought, resuming attention to the breath, awareness of the body sitting, awareness of the breath breathing itself, and begin again and again. If it helps, you can make a soft mental note of in on the in-breath, out on the out-breath. If there's a long pause after the out-breath, you can simply be aware of the body, the whole body sitting. Until the in-breath comes in.
in the last few minutes of the meditation. No matter where you are, how far you've drifted, always begin again, making contact with the body sitting, establishing awareness of this breath, just one half breath. Things may be noticed, sounds come and go, sensations in the body come and go, feelings, moods. You can notice those and then keep redirecting the attention to the breath. As you hear the sound of the bell, simply be present to hearing. Ring the bell three times to end the meditation. So I assume because I'm a meditation teacher, somebody once sent me this magazine, this uh, flyer really, it was a promotion um, for meditation CDs. And the picture of this is woman levitating, she's wearing headphones, it's all crystals and light. And the headliner is, in 28 minutes you'll be meditating like a Zen monk. Called the Ultra Meditation Five Level Ultra Meditation System for Transcendence, Peak Experience, and Discovering Your Place in the Universe. <laughs> Push button meditation. This too could be you. <laughs> <laughs> so we just sat for 28 minutes, and uh, I don't know how many Zen monks we have already here. <laughs> Whatever Zen monk meditates like. So as you can see, it's not as easy as pushing a button 
pressing play and on comes the meditation tape. You know, we have to work with our minds and our bodies and our distractions and our sleepiness. And so, which is why we use that phrase. It's simple, pay attention. It's not rocket science. Follow your breath, not difficult, not so easy. Hmm? Maybe one breath, okay, good, got that down, two breaths, and okay, three breaths, and spaced out. So if you got the two breaths, that's pretty good, just so you know. So anybody had noticed thoughts when they were meditating? <laughs> yeah, busy minds. We are creatures of habit and conditioning, what we practice in our lives, which is mostly thinking a lot about stuff. Guess what happens when we come to meditate? There's no magic button that switches off. So we get to work with all the things that we normally do in our lives in the meditation. We get to see ourselves and the habits that we've been creating. So any questions about the practice so far, the sitting meditation, the instructions? And I really want to encourage um, you to ask questions this retreat. And if you have a question, you can know that at least half the room will have the same question or will have the question at some point. So please don't feel shy about asking questions. There's no, no silly question, no useless question. Unless you're all enlightened, then it's a whole different story. Yeah. So when your legs fall asleep? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So the question's about when your legs fall asleep, um, which is very common, especially if we're not used to sitting like this. We'll be sitting all day, so um, it will probably become more common <laughs> as the day goes on. So two things. One is, um, uh, you know, obviously you want to sit comfortably, and at some point, if we sit long enough, the body will experience discomfort, pain. Or go, the feet will go to sleep. Um, if, if, you're, if you're putting one foot on top of the other, likely is that the lower foot will go to sleep. So try and sit with the feet not on top of each other. And even then, the different parts of the body can go to sleep. Um, mostly it's not a big deal. If you, if you can find a posture where that doesn't happen, great. If it's only for a few minutes or towards the end of the sitting and then you change posture at the end of the sitting and it goes away, it's fine. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll talk more about pain as the day goes on, but, or discomfort. As that discomfort grows, you have a choice. You can, look, you can turn the attention from the breath to experience the sensation. So normally we experience something unpleasant and we just recoil, we change what's happening, and then we don't really get to notice it. So in meditation, the invitation is to, to explore what it's like to be with unpleasant, difficult, stuff. Not because we're masochistic, but because we want to understand what, what do we do in our lives when that happens? Because life is full of difficult, unwanted, painful places or places that we numb out. And so can we bring this quality of kind attention to it and see? Or can I be steady or at ease or curious or open to this experience? When we can, great. You can come back to the breath. You can also do that. If it's too much, then you change your posture. So there's sort of a balance between learning how to open to the more difficult range of your experience and at the same time being kind and wise to your body. So, and there's also many chairs here. So if, if sitting on the floor is unfamiliar or uncomfortable for, for, for you, which for many of you it is, then please sit on the chair. Uh, there's, nothing more, there's nothing noble about sitting on the floor and having painful knees. <laughs> it's just painful knees. <laughs> so, um, or you can alternate sometimes to give your body some relief. You can sit on the chair sometimes, on the floor sometimes. Okay, good. Yes, at the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you should just try to sit with it. Sometimes there are tears. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be a, a lot of releasing. Yeah, great. So the question's about 
when strong emotion comes up, in this case it's sadness, it could be a whole range of emotion. And you really spoke to it quite beautifully that um, there's, a, there's both a, there's an emotional side, there's a physical side of the emotion, and often it is a release. Sometimes we come to a space like a retreat and because we have so little space in our lives, when, when, when our psyche senses space, it often releases that which is being held down. So sadness can be one of those things could be, that could come up. So mostly with this practice, the invitation is to turn towards it, to feel it, to allow it, to first acknowledge it, oh, sadness. And then you feel it in the body. What does it feel like? What does the heart feel like? The throat, the belly, the tears, let the tears flow, it's fine. Crying is fine in here. Um, and just to be with that as it's here, and then when it passes, you come back to the breath. So very simple, very open, accepting, allowing. Don't need to think about it, and it will it will move through. So all of it is welcome. Okay, good. Yeah. Rather than paying attention to the breath, I was paying attention to the birds, mm-hmm. and they were helping me go inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the comments about paying attention to sounds, she was noticing the birds. So that is one form of uh, mindfulness practice, and I'll talk about that maybe in the next sitting, where you can use sound as your primary object. So normally we use the breath as the primary focus, and then we attentive to other things that come and go, like emotions, like physical pain, like sounds. But um, some people prefer to use sounds as the kind of the basis for the to rest the attention, and then when other things come into the field of attention, you be aware of those. Um, so, a couple of things about sound. One is to uh, to be watchful not to think about the sounds, but simply stay with the sound without imagining or thinking about what's making the sound. So, rather than thinking, "Oh, is that a chickadee? Or is that a western bluebird? Or is that a?" Baltimore Oriole, is that a... Oh, it's just sound, sound, hearing, hearing. Um, and then to watch when, with hearing, it's easy to go from the spaciousness of hearing to spacing out. So to also feel the groundedness of your body. So start with your body, aware of your body, open to sound, so there's some sense of connection here. Yeah, at the back, last question. Can you talk a little bit more about Mm-hmm. Anybody else feeling sleepy here? Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, so um, it is one of the things that we work with, especially at the beginning of retreat. We often arrive tired and sleepy or underslept or we didn't sleep well because it's an unfamiliar bed or situation. Um, So a few things. Uh, One is the earlier that you can catch it, the better. So if even so, when you sit down and I say so, do this weather report. If you feel like, oh, I feel really dull really heavy, I've just eaten, then take that, you take that as your cue to, to, be, to be watchful of sleepiness, to sit upright, sit with your eyes open, and, as you, and as, you know, if the eyelids get heavy, you know, again, it's like open the eyes. You want to bring some energy to the, to the body if you can. You can put your hands on your head, brings a little energy lifting upwards. Um, there are many different techniques for working with sleepiness. I did, ultimately, if, you, if everything you try fails, making more attention, paying attention to sleepiness, having a finer attention to the breath, uh, taking deeper breaths, if none of that works, then you can stand up. So you just stand where you are and do a standing meditation. So and we'll do a standing meditation in a minute and I'll talk about that. But so feel free to any time during the sitting when you just feel like I'm just dull and wiped out and I can't stay awake, then stand. And that will bring a lot of energy because there's a bit more risk to... <coughs> falling asleep, standing up. So, okay, good, thanks. So I would like to introduce my colleagues here. So this is Annie Nugent. She's an IMS teacher, long-term practitioner at IMS. We sat some courses back together in in the mid-90s. And she will be helping us. uh, She'll be doing some individual uh, meetings with people. So if you wanted to say a few words, you want to have a mic? Hello, everyone. Uh, As Mark said, we've known each other for many years now. 
And uh, I have been teaching here at IMS for quite a long time and at the Forest Refuge and elsewhere. So if you do need um, an individual interview, I'll be doing seven or eight. I'll have seven or eight slots from around three o'clock this afternoon upstairs in room M108, uh, 15-minute slots. And it can be helpful for some people, especially on a, a weekend retreat like this, um, there are a lot of you, and it's not that long of a period of time. So for some of you, you might find an individual interview helpful. I'll only be able to do eight, seven or eight. So, And also by the afternoon, sometimes things might begin to come up that you won't have time to address with Mark because he'll be busy with other groups and running the entire retreat. So that's my little role here. To fill in where necessary with individual interviews. Okay, one uh, request I do have, if you do sign up, please sign up the first slot and then the second and then the third, so from the top downwards, as opposed to picking and choosing a time that might work for you. Okay, well thank you and enjoy your retreat. Thanks Annie. I'd like to introduce Eowyn, who's going to be teaching yoga. She's a yoga teacher and long-term student practitioner here at IMS and on staff here at IMS and dear friend. And um, Eowyn, do you want to say a few words about the yoga? Mm-hmm. Okay, will you be able to hear me if I don't mic or do I need the mic? Can anybody not hear fine. Huh? I can hear fine. You can hear fine in the back. Can you hear us? Yeah, oh, thank you. That's helpful. So, um, this afternoon we'll have a couple of yoga sessions with the group in half for that, so you'll have enough space. They'll be downstairs. Just want to let you know that the way I'll be offering the yoga this afternoon is really designed to support your meditation practice and the sequence to offer you that to open and relax shoulders, spine, and hips. Uh, Mark said something about balanced effort, needing to bring a balanced effort to the meditation. The <coughs> movement practice can really be important in cultivating that balance. Um, also to say, you will be encouraged to take care of yourself and to work with the capacities that your body has today, which is to say, for example, if you have a bad knee and we do something that might be dangerous for your knee because it's already injured, then you can not do that particular movement. You can rest. You can really listen to your own body and use the practices that I offer you as support. So there's no um, uh, pressure at all in the way that you do the yoga practice. Uh, did I say, we'll be practicing the yoga downstairs in the lower walking room where we have lots of mats, so if you didn't bring a mat, don't worry, the mats are available to you. I think that'll do. Okay, thanks everyone. Sure. So there will be two sessions for yoga, and since it's a big group, we're going to ask that half the group go to one session, half the group go to the second session. So one session is at three o'clock, and I'm, I'm going to suggest that this half of the room goes to the three o'clock session, and then the 4.30 session, this side of the room goes. Okay, is that clear enough? Okay, great. All right, um, so I'm going to say some words about walking practice. So walking practice will be alternating the sitting and the walking, give some relief to your knees and your body, and also to learn how to take this, this quality of attention that we develop more finely in the sitting, in this sort of eyes closed, inner sanctum, as it were, um, to learn how to bridge this quality into ordinary activity, particularly to walking and standing, which is something we do throughout our day and our lives. Um, and it's a beautiful practice. We really value equally these two practices. And I spent, we've all spent many, many years uh, doing these practices, sitting practice, walking practice, and there's a lot of value, a lot of um, different qualities come out of each practice. So in this 
tradition, how we do the walking practice is you, you find a, a place. We have many walking rooms. There's one as you walk through here from the cloakroom. There's a walking room downstairs. There's a walking room in the annex. Uh, you can also walk in the dining room. You can walk outside. It looks like a lovely day. Um, so what you do is you find a walking place and you stand uh, for a moment. Just gather yourself, collect yourself. And then you just walk up and down, 20, 30 steps. So you walk up, stop, turn around, walk back. The point is you're not going anywhere. (laughs) Just like I said yesterday, we're not doing anything, we're not going anywhere, we're just being here, just paying attention. So just like the breath, of course, you've walked, you know, a million steps before, but this (coughs) particular orientation is to really be present to each and every step. Usually when we walk, we're thinking, we're spaced out, we're thinking about where we're going to or where we've come from or what's happening around us. We're really actu- actually with this simple act of walking. You know, and if you around young children, especially babies who are just learning to walk, you see what an amazing accomplishment it is to get up on two legs and then hobble and walk and we fall and stumble and catch ourselves. And um, So we're sort of returning to that, again, to that childlike curiosity. What's it like to just simply place a foot on the earth and be present and place another foot and be present? And it's a training. It's a training in how to be here, how to be with the simplicity of experience. Notice when we space out, we check out, we wander, we get lost, we get reactive. We notice it, we come back. Oh, stepping, stepping, stepping. So um, so I'm going to invite you to stand for a moment just to feel into the standing meditation. Annie just reminded me that the list that she's putting up for sign-ups is on the board. Uh, so you can sign up after this or whenever the moment inspires you. Um, and as she said, there's only seven or eight slots, so please uh, be mindful of that and uh, use it if necessary. So take a moment just to uh, feel your body standing. Notice what the energy is like as you stand, probably a little more wakeful than sitting. Feel the whole body. In particular, bring your attention to your feet, to the pressure, the weight in the feet, in the bones, the skin. Notice where you stand on your feet towards the back, the heels, towards the toes, to the sides. Do you lean in? Do you lean out? Anybody not able to feel their feet? Just checking. Feel the the texture of the floor, the coolness, the warmth, pressure. Notice what the mind's doing. Oh, well, we, you know, if it, notice the doubting mind, one of the hindrances of meditation. Why, what are we doing this for? Why am I paying attention to my feet? I've got two feet. What's the problem? So, so the mind, that mind, the doubting mind can often pull us back and go, what, what are we doing this for? Why am I just taking a hike? What's the problem here? Notice that. Come back to the direct experience. Oh, I'm standing. Just being human, standing, feeling my feet, feeling the earth. And now shift your weight back and forth. So shift your weight into your left foot. Feel all the different muscles that get activated. How it shifts the muscles and the skeletal structure and shift into the right. So just shift slowly back and forward. You can close your eyes if you want to get a finer sense of what's happening inside. So this is similar to the motion when we walk. We, we lean from one side, then we lift the foot, and we place it. We lean to the other side. We, as it were, fall, catch ourselves. So you might sort of take a few steps or you just, just take a step where you stand and just lift the foot, lift it up, shift the ankle, knee, thigh, place. Just get a sense of that moving process in the legs and the body.
So when we do walking practice, what I suggest, um, especially because many of you are tired, um, I'll demonstrate how I do my walking practice 